From beyond the Adoram Holomag, I'm Lana Slock, and you're listening to Beings of the Galaxy. There's an interesting stigma attached to tourists. No one wants to be one. I found there's such a desire from beings when they're traveling to do as much as they can to blend into the background, to become like one of the locals, even if their entire appearance screams that they are, in fact, a tourist. It's fascinating. Beings will do everything they can to not look like a tourist. They'll research all they can about a world, try to learn the language, taste the food, memorize the customs, study the way of life so that when they visit a new world, they can assimilate to the best of their ability. And while, on the one hand, I can appreciate the desire to learn as much as you can about a new world before visiting, doesn't it feel kind of strange that we'll do this research not because we actually want to learn about a culture, but because of an insecurity to be the other? But the fact remains, you are the other in a different culture on a different world. You're a visitor, and you should want to travel to learn about different beings to immerse yourself in their culture so you can broaden your horizons and see the galaxy in a new light. You become a better citizen of the galaxy when you are better able to understand you are simply one part of it, a small part in the greater whole. So I encourage you to do your research before you travel. Read some articles on Beyond the Outer Rim's hollow page, and then let yourself be immersed without a need to blend into the background. One of the best ways to do this is by finding a tour guide to show you the ropes and teach you about their culture. That's why they exist, to celebrate their world with you. So why not join them in that? Different worlds have different kinds of tours, but one of my favorites are the weekly tours, ones that really immerse you into a culture, taking you to historical sites, museums, restaurants, and so much more. But tours like this require very knowledgeable and very passionate guides able to properly immerse their guests. So many tour programs require their guides to undergo extensive training programs. The Joe Foley Guide Training Program is known to be a very difficult one to be accepted into. A fact Mary Sell discovered firsthand when she applied. But becoming a Joe Foley tour guide was very important to Mary Sell. She applied for the program through a contact at Beyond the Outer Rim, And while I was doing some research in our archives for another project, I happened upon her application. It gripped me, her personal connection to the world, and her reasons why she wanted to apply for the program. Her application letter told her story of identity and her hunger for belonging. And I fully believe hers is a universal story, one I know many of our listeners can benefit from hearing. So I got in contact with Maricel, asked her if I could share her letter. She said yes, agreeing with me that maybe her words could help bring healing to another being, struggling with what she was struggling with. Noi no hey! I am writing to apply for the Joe Foley Guide Training Program. In my application packet, you'll find my resume as well as the sample three-day itinerary I drafted for review. I greatly look forward to being considered for the position as I am very dedicated to helping others understand, see, and experience this wondrous world. From young age, I considered myself a great traveler, even if most of my journeys took me only a few meters beyond our front door. Still, I treated every single day as an adventure, every single place I went as a new world to be explored. The older I got, the more this insatiable appetite for travel grew all the way from core worlds to wild space. 
There were not enough places I could travel, not enough worlds I could see. I was always on the move, hungry to learn more about our galaxy and the different worlds that inhabit it. My travels shaped me into the passionate guide your clients deserve. I'm not entirely certain where this hunger to travel came from. Perhaps it came from the fact that I felt trapped on Thresh, seeing as it was a not-so-interesting world to grow up on. That does sound quite harsh, but for someone with my appetite of travel, it's not. Sorry. Thresh is populated with very specific kinds of beings. I'm not entirely certain why my parents decided to move there from Jafoli, considering it's not where they were born or raised, but they made a comfortable life for themselves, one I'm thankful for. While we traveled to Jafoli often when I was a kid to visit much of the family who still live on the world, I always felt disconnected, trapped in a limbo between these two worlds. On one hand, I was born and raised on Thresh, and while yes, I did just call it boring, I still do love it, and I'm proud to be from there. But Jafoli, she calls to me, and I can't quite describe it. But I know something in me yearns for her. I was always proud of my Jafoli heritage, wore it like a flag on my chest. We do not look like the natives of Thresh, you see. So whenever we were asked what we were, I proudly declared that I was from Jafoli. That is until my first semester at university. One day, I was walking across campus. I was wearing a shirt with a symbol of Jafoli people across my chest, my people, and was stopped by another student, one also from Jafoli. I was so excited to meet someone else from Jafoli, so ready to connect on a deeper level. I knew that we both had to feel the same way, like we did not fully belong on Thresh because of our roots. But before I could say anything, he began speaking to me in the Jafoli tongue, a language I can understand well but cannot speak well. And when I could not respond properly, the look of disappointment that crossed his face, I had never felt so ashamed in my entire life. I tried to bury that shame, move past it, tried to reclaim the pride I had for Jafoli, but my confidence wavered. It was then that the small voice in the back of my head began to chip at my self-confidence in my identity. However, it wasn't until our next trip to Jafoli that my identity found itself completely shattered, in tatters, destroyed. While on planet, I wandered through the local market just outside of my grandmother's house. Mind you, I've wandered in this marketplace many, many times. Almost know it by heart. I came to a food stall, ordered some pata skewers, and was ready to go on my way before the owner stopped me. Where are you from? She asked. Oh, from here. My grandmother lives down the street, I responded. I pointed and was ready to tell her more about my family, but the woman shook her head and moved very close to me. No, you are not from here. I am from here. I was born here and raised here. You, 
are from somewhere else. You are not Jafulian. You're just a tourist. She shook her head and went back to her business, leaving me standing there stunned into silence. Numb, I walked away, unable to eat the skewer that dangled from my hand. That was when everything shattered, when I began to question everything I knew, everything I was, everything I am. This woman who was born on Jafuli, who grew up there, spoke the language, knew all the customs, surely she was an authority on Jafuli. And if she said I wasn't actually Jafulian, then who am I to question her? Who am I to say she was wrong? She's right after all. I don't speak the language. I don't know all the customs. I was not raised meters from the sea, the Jafulian sun constantly tanning my skin to a rich dark color at all seasons during the year. I went back to Thresh, changed. I believed what that woman called me, that I was just a tourist. And I was too ashamed to be a tourist on Jafoli, afraid that when I went back, every person would see me that way, that my own family would see me as a fraud, as the outsider who didn't belong, a tourist. But my love of traveling burned in my chest, so I tried to bury my shame by diving into new worlds, by exploring different cultures, by losing myself in places where I was allowed to be a tourist without bringing shame upon myself and my ancestors. I didn't realize it then that running from my problems was what traveling had become for me. But I'll never forget the moment when I realized it had. One evening, while I was visiting Panthus, I was having dinner at a cafe just off a main plaza. While finishing my second course, all of a sudden music trickled out from a building and began to grow louder as it neared. And before I knew it, an entire party of people were surrounding the plaza, dancing and laughing, drinking and singing. And in the center, was a young girl, dressed in white. My waiter immediately noticed my confusion and came over, explaining that what I was witnessing was a blossoming ceremony, the 15th birthday of a panthen girl who was entering womanhood. I watched in awe as the entire party celebrated boldly. It was infectious, lively, electric. I couldn't help but dance in my seat. Something a party-goer noticed. He walked right up to me, grabbed me by the hand, and pulled me onto the dance floor. I spent the rest of the night partying with these strangers. As we danced, I was suddenly overcome with emotion when it struck me how very similar the Panthen culture was to Jafuli's. The food, the music, the dancing, the colorful way to live life. Suddenly, my heart ached for Jafoli. That ache that I cannot explain, but the one that tells me I am to my core Jafolian. 
Overwhelmed, I sat down at a bench overlooking the party. I had a moment to catch my breath, but the ache in my chest continued to grow. And when I closed my eyes, trying to quell the building pain in my heart, all I could see, all I could hear was that woman from the marketplace. The woman telling me I was not Jafulian, that I was just a tourist. I wanted nothing more than to scream that she was wrong. I was more than just a tourist. I was Jafulian. If I wasn't, then explain the ache in my chest. Explain to me the longing my soul feels when I hear the stories of Jafuli. The anger that courses through my blood when I hear of how other worlds have treated her poorly. The joy that lifts my spirits to the heavens when I hear of the resilience of our people. Explain the way my body knows how to move effortlessly to the beat of Jafuli. How, when her music sounds, my feet answer the call as if they have a mind of their own and know the exact steps to her song. Explain how, when I taste her food, I'm transported back to my grandmother's house, right there, in that little kitchen with her, making food and sharing it with our family. Please, if I am not Jafuli, explain to me why every fiber of my being points like a giant star compass directly toward her, telling me she is my home. I wish I could tell you that in realizing all these strong emotions towards Jafuli, I was able to reclaim my identity, but that's not the truth, and I'm not sure it ever will be. I guess I hoped that in applying for the guide training program, I might be able to find those answers I'm looking for, that maybe as a guide, I would no longer feel like a tourist. That in helping others understand you fully, I would begin to finally understand my connection to her. To be able to say proudly that I am Jafulian. It's a painful life, one where you feel constantly torn apart. And not painful physically, of course, but in your soul. To feel as if you are not and never will be whole. I'm not sure how I can become whole. I'm not sure if I even will be able to become whole. I hope in my service to Jafoli through the guide training program, I can find that healing my soul needs. And maybe then, if... I can find the answers, I'll be able to help others find theirs too. Thank you for your consideration. Pasa pare, Maricel. I bet I can predict the question burning in your mind right now. Did Maricel get accepted into the Joe Foley Guide Training Program? Not at first, unfortunately. But her application letter did touch one of the recruiters. When they reached out to Maricel to let her know her application had been denied, they offered to meet with her in person, to sit with her and hear more about her story and desire to be a Joe Foley guide. Maricel eagerly agreed, and the two met up, finding that they had common ground because the recruiter had a similar story to Maricel's. While she had no answer to help Maricel with her journey to reclaim her self-confidence in her identity, 
she did offer some very compassionate words of encouragement. I've had my own share of identity struggles, and while I've overcome some of them, I know there are more that will come as I enter new stages of life. That's just part of the circle of life, I guess. Our constant cycles of self-doubt, of losing our self-confidence, of questioning ourselves, of trying to find out who we are. I'll speak for myself because I recognize this struggle is a very personal one. But for me, what's most frustrating about this vicious cycle is how much my self-confidence can be impacted by another being in their perception of me. Someone who doesn't even know me could make a snap judgment about who I am and who I'm not based on some arbitrary qualifications they, or society, have deemed to be the standard. But you know what I want to say to that? What gives another being the right to shake my confidence in myself? Why do beings feel the need to bring another down because of their own judgments? Here's the thing, friends. They don't have the right. It's me. I'm the one who gives them the right. I'm the one who gives them that power. I hear their words and I accept them. Doesn't mean it's okay for them to say what they say, but I can't control what they do, how they view me. What I can do is control my reaction. What I can do is fight to keep their words from shaking my self-confidence. And wow, is that far easier said than done. But it helps to know that I'm not alone. That's what I hope Mary Sell's story can do for you if you too feel like your identity is in tatters, like you're being pulled apart in opposite directions. I wish I could heal the hurt others' words have inflicted, but unfortunately, I can't, and I never will be able to. No one will. But I will encourage you always as you take the pieces that have been torn apart and put them back together again. It's hard work. And it does drudge up a lot of pain, but it's worth it. I've learned how, Marisol learned how, and I hope you learn too. Thanks for joining me, Lonis Locke, your host for another episode of Beings of the Galaxy, a Beyond the Outer Rim Holomag production, bringing you the stories of the everyday people in our galaxy far, far away. We'll see you next time.